What's up, hardcore humans? Welcome to another episode of the Hardcore Humanism Podcast. On today's episode, we are talking with Jamie Josta, lead vocalist of the Grammy-nominated metalcore band Hatebreed and the host of the Josta Podcast. We are talking about a fantastic topic that also happens to be the name of Hatebreed's eighth studio album, Weight of the Fall Self, that is available November 27th. Now, our goal at Hardcore Humanism is to help you discover your life's purpose and work hard to achieve it. And one of the most important aspects of that pursuit is to understand and develop your most authentic self. Everything that we do to pursue our life's purpose only works if we know who we are and who we want to be. When we are connected in with our truest self, not only do we feel better, but also we are more likely to be motivated to achieve what we want in life. Unfortunately, there are many reasons why we may live in a false way. Maybe we are afraid of how others will react if we live our most authentic life. Maybe we're scared to go for what we want in the world because we're afraid we won't achieve it and will be disappointed or embarrassed. Or in some cases, we may be living out someone else's plan for us, whether it's family, friends, school, just because we assume that that's what we should do. And that false self can be devastating because even if we live that false life well, deep down, we're not going to feel good about it. In fact, we'll feel trapped in a cage of our own creation. So when Jamie and Hatebreed write a whole album on this topic, it gives us a lot to think about as we pursue our path to purpose. So let's hear what Jamie has to say. Jamie, welcome. Thanks for having me. So, you know, I want to get right into it. Like, why don't we start with just talking about uh, the new album, what's on it. And I definitely want to get into the topic of the song, The Weight of the False Self. It's a cool title. Thank you. Yeah, it's, we're excited about the record. I think it's got a little bit of something for, for everybody. And it's already got people talking. We wanted the title to make people talk and make people discuss. And especially with the artwork and everything, they've, they've been sounding off on all our social media profiles. And when you get to this point when you you release the title track, the track listing and the artwork is now open for discussion and scrutiny. And yeah, I welcome all of it. Let's that's excellent. I like, let's talk about that concept, the false self. That, that means a lot of different things to different people. What does that mean to you? And, and you know, if you're comfortable, what were you going for with that song? With that song in particular, I've, I just was looking for some balance in, in regards to the rest of the material, like in, in comparison to the rest of the material, because it started to get really dark and pessimistic. And although I like having songs like that, I try to make the songs like that not have aimless negativity. I want there to be some sort of story told or some sort of way of looking at a negative subject in a different light. Like even if you go back to the first record, which we got heavily um, uh, sort of criticized for the, 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 the bleak and pessimistic nature of some of the, of some of the lyrics, especially the, the lyrics that were ant that were perceived as being anti-religious when I looked at them as being uh more about personal responsibility, not so much about the critique of, of established religion, even a song like empty promises. It was, uh, you know, that was a time where Christian hardcore was really blowing up and we would play with a lot of Christian hardcore bands and Christian metal bands. And 
some people, you know, had asked me about the, that song, Empty Promises, behind, you know, closed doors. And I had to explain, the, you know, the line, the, the line says it all. How can you save me when you can't save yourself? And I thought about that song when writing Weight of the False Self because I thought, let's do more of looking inward and less of you, you, you. And I needed to be a drill sergeant in my own ear like I am on, on pretty much every record. Sometimes I get to do the escapism thing and I go into a story about someone else and that's fun. But this was literally me being in my own ear, reminding myself that what I'm, what I'm going through right now is it, it could definitely be an illusion, especially if I'm in a bad place. And if it's not an illusion, if it is really real, can, it, can, I, can I face that? Can I be introspective enough? Can I be self-critical enough to really get to the root of it and try to grow? See, I love, I love how you're framing that because this concept of aimless negativity, right? Because what you're talking about is the distinction between there's negativity that just absolutely envelops you and you're helpless and there's, there's nothing to be done other than spiral. And then there's something that's more of like a focused functional negativity, which is like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the things that I'm afraid of. I'm going to look in the places that feel dark. And there's a purpose to that. And I feel like that's what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's part of it for sure. Because there's, there's only so much despair and only so much nihilism that you, you, you can accept and still have a way out. I, and there, there's a saying, I think mostly used in, in recovery is like, you can't rob a, a person of their bottom. Although I feel like even without recovery, there's people that like people don't even know about recovery. They, they, they talk about being rock bottom or they'll talk about society being rock bottom or a business being rock bottom or, and I, and I always, I always think, yeah, but sometimes people hit bottom and they don't come back and it, and it, and there is some finality there. And so I'm always thinking at when I'm, when I'm writing, when I'm trying to write a positive type of song, I always think, if I was at rock bottom, what would I need to hear to just take that next step out and not accept the nihilism and the despair and a lot of, a lot of stuff that's out there that's easy to get caught up with. Um, I mean, even just yesterday I saw like, I, I guess maybe this had to do with mostly to do with Eddie Van Halen passing because it was a big part of people's childhood. They were, people were really in a bad place and I, and especially people who are helping others in recovery or helping others in, um, in uh, addiction treatment and stuff, right? Because there's all these mixed feelings with, with Eddie passing because A, he was a smoker, B, he was a hard party or drinker, even back, whatever. You could say it was back in the day, and I, and, and I don't mean to talk about Eddie's vices too soon and no disrespect at all, and, and I think – most people are pretty realistic about that, right? Like when you make that choice to, to smoke, to drink, to gamble, to have promiscuous sex, whatever that vice is, we all have our different vices, right? That you, 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 you know, there's a steep decline if it gets to be really bad. And then once, once you've gone really, really down, 
and and you and you've gone to what the perceived rock bottom of that decline is. That's where I wanna. That's where I want these songs to hit. Um, and so with the with the weight of the false self, I've I felt that right. You felt I, I felt the pressure of um, of having all these people put me into one sort of to, to try to define me, define my character, define everything that I've done or that I'm about to do or that I'm doing currently by one thing. And then you have to make a choice to either believe them or to believe yourself. And for me, it's always been take, if, especially if it's constructive, take it in, consider it, and then be thankful that someone, you know, shared that with me, especially if it's someone that I revere. If it's someone I don't know, I don't take it personal, but I do consider it and I say, thank you. And I might not even tell them thank you. I might not even respond, especially if it's on social media, but sometimes you need that jolt. You need that kick in the ass, even if it's not true. But that's the, the, um, that's the process that you got to go through. That's the process anybody in the public eye has to go through. But I, I definitely was, my heart was going out to everybody yesterday because I thought, oh God, please don't pick up the cigarettes. Please don't pick up the chewing tobacco. Please don't go to the bar. I was thinking about that on a, a lot of, about a lot of different people because that's the, that's the aimless negativity that I'm talking about. It's like in a place of grief, in a place of mourning, some people are attracted to the decline rather than the ascent. I don't know what that is. Maybe that is a, a psychological trigger. Well, you know, I know it's interesting. You were talking about your first album um, and people's reaction to it. Cause I know for me personally, you know, when I hear darkness, you know, like just, just because I'm listening to something that sounds nihilistic doesn't mean it's encouraging nihilism in me, you know, just because I'm hearing something that's despair doesn't mean it's encouraging despair in me. In fact, a lot of times I feel like, that's the the place that I need. I need someone to meet me there. I need someone to like, to sort of, for lack of a better saying it, to get it. And then once I feel like somebody gets it, now I can have the conversation about what to do about it. But, you know, I, I think like you're talking about the thing with Eddie Van Halen, and I think so many times, you know, well-intentioned people, you know, someone's lost someone, they'll be like, yeah, you know, well, they, they lived a good life. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not at the, they lived a good life yet. I'm at the like, like feeling the loss part. And it's, it's, it's well-intentioned, right? And it's like, people are trying to say something that's, that's going to be helpful. But, you know, at times you kind of need someone who's just like, yeah, this, this is just hard. And I feel like that, that's why I'm surprised that people had that reaction to your guys' first album, because, you know, people like yourself and, you know, Hatebreed and, and other bands, that's one of the things that, that, that brings us to you guys is that we need someone who's willing to go there, you know, because like sometimes we feel like there's nobody who can go there. At least we can put on an album and be like, all right, there's somebody out there who gets this. Yeah. But I, I think at that time we had already seen so many different, I guess, bad things in society equated to the influence of heavy music. And that's a slippery slope. And and one that I didn't want to really be on, 
because I thought that's not who we are. That's not the, the point. And if you're going to apply that power to it, then why aren't you applying that power to other forms of art? And then people will go, well, we are. We're saying video games are bad. We're saying uh, violence in films are bad. And I said, well, what about for the um, you know, millions, of, millions upon millions of people who go see these violent movies who don't commit a, an act of violence? But I think the microscope came on us because there was proof in the pudding. Okay, you got this club that's getting the, you know, vandalized, this group of people fighting this other group of people, this person um, uh, trying to grievously injure this other person. And the destination being our show was then applied to the, 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 the output. And so if the output was equaling this physical manifestation of violence, therefore we were condoning it, especially when I was named in one lawsuit and they were using like actual quotes I said on the stage, which I always felt like the, the, the perceived negativity was actual, actually a positive thing, right? Because if these people are at our show having this, um, uh, what I viewed as a positive release of negative energy, uh, a cleansing sort of rite of passage, this, this physical thing, this confronting your fear, um, but also being unified in this, uh, in this sort of cleansing process of, of consensual violence, but with the idea that you also pick everyone else up at the end and you walk out and you're, a little bit better than you were when you walked in. But when I would have to argue that and explain that, especially to people who didn't grow up in metal or punk or hardcore and never, and never had some sort of um, experience like that where loud music was playing or, or a real, I, I don't even want to involve music, but like a jolt to their senses, right? And you would talk to martial artists, you would talk to athletes you talk to performance artists and dancers and people who've had that jolt of, of adrenaline or, or that release of, of whatever they were going through at work or at school through their art or through their sport or through their um, creative process, but not in that way where all of a sudden people are saying, oh, wait, these are bad people going to a bad part of town, doing bad things in a bad venue or whatever. And it, and it really started to make me think like, all right, well, we're just being mischaracterized. We're being misunderstood. But then when I changed the narrative, when on the second album, after having gone through, you know, four or five years of touring of being banned from venues, banned from uh, playing on radio shows, not, you know, having publicists and managers and all these people telling me I have all this power. Well, you told me I had no power. You told me, I mean, I remember, I remember being told you got it. You got four choices, kid. You can join the army. You can go get a nine to five. You can join a gang. You, and I'm like, I'm thinking, really, that's it. That's the, like, this is what you're giving me. And then when we would continue to sort of break through these, these ceilings, especially the, you'll never get signed. You'll never play this venue, you know? So we get to this, this height. And now what I'm looking at as a personal achievement, people are looking at as this purveyor of uh, 
negativity. And so when I infused and, and perseverance has those songs, it has a call for blood. It has below the bottom. It has songs that are, that come from a place of anger, come from a place of hatred against one individual or two individuals, not a group of individuals, not, not like burn the lies, which is, you know, people thought was a really anti-media song, which now could be written today with all this usage of the fake news terms. So that's what it was back then. That was, that was me saying, well, yeah, look at the magazines, look at the paper. It's all pollution for your, your brain. That was me telling people back then, armor your mind, because I didn't want my daughter growing up and thinking this is impossible. You know, all this stuff that you see on commercials and magazines and billboards, I don't want these impossible standards. I, I, had, to, I had to go through that. And, and not even in a physical sense, just in a, just in a music industry sense, this impossible standard, you'll never sell as much as this band. And then when you break through every ceiling, then they come up with a new excuse. They come up with a new target and then you hit that target and they change it again. They change the rules based on just not liking the, the, the art form. And so with perseverance, leading with the song that was a unifier and that was a big song. Even then they said, this will never get played on MTV. This will never get played on the radio. And so you, people would go, well, now you're just crazy. Why are you trying to push out this message? Well, this is what I do. This is what I, this is what I love. I, I love getting on stage and, and, uh, and performing for people and having uh, this, this crazy art form become a career. And then they go, okay, well, and they just keep, and then, and they're still doing it now. So at some point you have to look inward and go, just what are you, what are you doing? You're following your instincts, which we have a song about on this record. We, what, what else are you doing? You're expanding, you're looking inward, you're expanding yourself. You're trying to be better than yesterday. So they can still perceive it how they want, but we are able to go out and do what we do because people are, are, are getting a charge from it. They're still getting that same experience but now i feel like it's without um i guess i i guess it's without so much of the oh these guys are just a soundtrack to people bullying or people committing violence against each other and it's so interesting you know that that when i think back to what you're describing and and the thing that seems so often absent from these conversations is, oh, hey, why do you feel that way? Oh, you know, that's different from what I do. Like, like tell, me, tell me about what happens in the pit. You know, I'm seeing one thing, but you're telling me another. You know, I, I, I watch football or I watch boxing and it seems okay, but this doesn't to me. So I'm kind of curious, like, what, what, tell me more about it, like, inform me. And it's, it's, it's amazing how much we do not, as a society, pivot towards that and how, and how easy it would be to just say, Oh, Hey, why tell me that's different. I'm curious. And I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why, because we all would rather people did that for us when we do something different, but it, you know, we don't necessarily do that for other people. And when it manifests on a societal level, like what happened to you guys, or, you know, some of the people that you've interviewed, what happened to like D Snyder, um, you know, or any of the, it's like, you know, it's like, how many times do we have to learn this lesson? Like when we see something different, why don't we just ask about it? You know, why do we condemn it so quickly? Exactly. 
And that was something I, I saw at an early age. I mean, very early where I thought, am I living in a fucking upside down world? And then, then that as the proof would become evident. I met more resistance of people saying, no, 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 this is the way. And it could be, it wasn't just on the touring front or on the releasing, you know, uh, your, your record on your own or, or setting up shows or, or even writing songs. It was, it was outside of that too. So that, that process, that creative process, or even just the business process started to become escape an escape of what that, what I perceived as being this completely upside down world was. And then when we got to rise of brutality and I wrote the song live for this, I actually felt sort of vindicated because the song was positive. It was a unifier. We got nominated for a, for a Grammy and all the previous ceilings we crashed through. We, I, I was able to get a job in TV the people that were saying, oh, no, we can't work with you. Your band has the name Hate in it. We're now saying, oh, yeah, you, we're, you're hired. And even though they didn't play the I Will Be Heard video based on the dancing in the video, which is a rite of passage for many, which is something that many people get a benefit from, just based on the dancing in the video, which is, no, to me, no difference than you know the dancing at a sock hop. I know metal and hardcore fans don't want to see, hear that, but... It, it's an expression. You're using your body to express yourself. It's dancing. It's, it's something that humans have done since the dawn of time. It just so happens that this is a dancing that other people could potentially get hurt from, right? And have gotten hurt from. And so at that time when we're going into this, really, that was, I think, the peak of, uh, of what would become a really litigious society overall. And people wanting something for nothing which is now at its peak with, with the social media and everything. Now I get why they didn't play the video, but then they would play AFI's video. And again, they moved the target and actually uh, the same director did the video. And they, they, the kids that are dancing in AFI's video were actually dancing to hate breed. They weren't dancing to the song that, AFI was playing. They actually just played Hatred over the PA and had the kids mosh. And I remember some of those kids who were in the video came to our show and told us that. And I thought I was flattered, but then I was also like, again, they moved the target. They changed the rules because it's us, but they'll allow that dancing. They'll allow the visual of that dancing to a different sound. And so at the end of the day, Someone at the record label, actually at Universal, I, I'm, their name is escaping me right now. It could have, it could have been our A and I, our A and R guy, Sinji. Shout out to Sinji, a great guy who, who who really helped us in a in a in a time of need. The, they said, regardless of this getting played on MTV or MTV Two, it's got, it's already finding the people because it was out as a live track on a compilation. It was already it was already getting like people were going crazy at it, the live show. It wasn't even released. Um, the studio version wasn't even released. It found the ears that it needed to find, but there was actual um, uh, concerted effort to make sure people didn't see it because of this dancing. And I thought, okay, I mean, this, this is just, this is that push and pull that you're always going to get when you're trying to do something that you believe in. There's, there's just naturally going to be these, 
people that don't like it. And it's not just um, hardcore and metal and punk that to, to, to think like that would be the, the victim mindset that I've always said, don't, uh, don't, don't get, don't fall into that trap. So would you just keep moving on? And so when the vindication through live for this sort of happened and go walk in the red carpet with my daughter at the Grammys, um, you know, even with the entire label being fired, you know, still charting in the top 40 and, and having these, these markers, right. That you, that we used to have what we could shoot to those are even gone now. So you look back and you go, okay, what am I doing? I'm still doing the same thing. Just the targets are different. The markers are different and that's life. That That's everyone right now through the pandemic. It's the game has changed again. doesn't matter what career lane you're in. doesn't matter what walk of life or I, I don't want to say economic class because there's definitely people I feel like benefiting from this um who aren't in the music industry and who you know um but but yeah that's 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 another reason why i said i I want to to have that balance of positivity on this record because you could put on a song like let them all rot and people go whoa whoa who's he talking about who's this let them all rot and i'm like well no you're you're missing the point and I've done a lot of interviews already about this record where they've asked me about that song. And I go, no, that's the corporations. That's the naysayers. That's what they're saying about us. So I actually thought about doing a video for that song where, where I'm the corporate guy. I'm the big guy at the meeting. I'm the, I'm the head of the tobacco company, the head of the, the liquor company, the head of the tech company. You know, that's, that's, that's tracking everyone's data and selling everybody's data and you know, saying, fuck them. We're making the money at the top. That's what they're saying about us, but they want us to be divided. And that's a whole other, we could, we'll do that on the conspiracy show. We'll do that for another episode. (laughs) No, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Just that pressure, you know, that pressure that even, you know, even you with all the, you know, I mean, look, you're, you're coming when you guys came out, it's like, you know, we had, we had had punk, we had had metal, we had had hardcore, you know, hip hop, like in theory, we should have, you know, I mean, even before that in R and B, like, like blues, like these, these things, even rock to a certain extent, if at the time, like all these art forms faced a lot of this similar attitude. And you would think that we would learn like, Hey, you don't have to justify. If you have a song in your head that says, let them rot. you, You don't have to justify who you're thinking, as long as you're not, you know, targeting like a specific group of people or something like that. But if that emotion is in you, you know, it, it, it just, to me, it feels bad that you have to justify who it is for it to be acceptable. Because look, there's some people out there who feel that way about someone, you know, they don't like it. Maybe they're embarrassed about it. And, you know, the, the idea that, again, like right from the, from the gut, that people are feeling pressured, uh, that they have to say, oh, you can't get too negative in art. I mean, this is the place where we're supposed to be. You know what? What are what? What are horror movies then? You know, you know, like I, I like horror movies that end up horribly. You know, like I mean, like I don't need it to have a happy ending. And yeah, yet, no, you know, you, yeah, that place that you're in when you with the after the doom and gloom ending for sure. Yeah, I, I feel well. That's kind of what a lot of that is touched on with this record. You can't nerf the world, and we've tried, and that's what I mean about the upside down world of this because it goes both ways and then and then 
people who are critical of other people's output, you know, I, I often find myself, well, then you can't have it both ways. Like if you're going to come at me and go, yeah, well, why are you wearing cannibal corpse shirts and this and that? If you're, if you're anti rape or if you're anti this and that, and you go, are you missing the fucking point? It's, it's, this is, you're, you're going to that place so that you know, and so that you see what not to do, what not to get caught up in, right? It's supposed to be horrific. It's supposed to be shocking because you can't live on this lateral plane. And anybody who's, who's, even going back to the, to the dancing, that's another thing that it's, it gets brought up a lot because I have been at a show where people just want to stand there and rock out and they want to stand on the guitar player side and they want to watch and see every note he hits. And then when someone goes and dives off the stage onto them, it's like their world is fucking torn apart. They can't think they can't, they're like, Oh my God, I've been assaulted. And I go, have you never been to a show like this? Or, is it, or but everybody's experience is different, and they need to, they need to be allowed to have that experience. And then, to a certain extent, it's like, don't be a burden. But also, if you're gonna be so against it, why are you listening to it? How do you even know that Cannibal Corpse's lyrics are filled with these horrific things? You went and you listened to it, and now you're trying to what? impose your morality on me i i'm not out here doing things in the cannibal corpse lyrics i'm visiting the place it's taking me away from the fucking boss yelling at me or the teacher like i used to listen to it literally on a city bus i i, I to and from a, a minimum wage job i wasn't thinking about slicing up the, the well maybe i was a couple times but i never acted upon it because I was able to go there through the art, just as I am when I watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not, that's not a threshold I'm going to cross. Some people will. Is the film to blame? No, I think probably the mental illness or the upbringing or the abuse that person is, is to blame. But, but I don't even want to be the, playing the blame game. I want to be looking inward and, and keeping myself from going down that path. And, and yeah, maybe keep others going down that path. But if you're coming to me with your judgment about a, a band or their lyrics, you're, you're talking to the wrong person. You might be talking to yourself. You might be projecting. And that's what, I, that's what I found, especially on our first album, when people were coming at me with various different things. And I thought, this is, it's like they're talking to themselves. And they might have to process this on their own. And at least since I wrote the words, I can stand by them. I still play the songs. I still, I, and just as George still plays those Cannibal Corpse songs, he didn't even write the lyrics, <laughs> but he, he performs them. Hammer Smash Face is a classic in the set, Stripped, Raped, and Strangled. It's, you're going to see a horror movie in music form. But um, again, that's a, that's in itself is a rite of passage, going to a death metal show, going to even a show like Guar. I don't trust anybody who's never been to a Guar show. Now, <laughs> if you go to a Guar show and you're offended and you leave, oh my God, I can't believe they ripped off Hillary Clinton's tits. Listen, if that happened in real life, if Hillary Clinton, God forbid she was assaulted, I don't want to see anybody assaulted. I want to see everybody work, resolve their differences in a civil manner. 
And I don't want to see anybody being a burden on anyone. But if that was to happen, Guar is not to blame. I feel badly. Does does interviewing Michael Bishop count? Because I've actually never been to a Guar show, but I have interviewed <laughs> Mike. <laughs> like when when we were gonna when we were gonna interview for this, I was like I was like because the first time I interviewed him, it was as uh, um, as Blothar. And then as he was talking, I was like, you know what, man, I, I, this Michael Bishop guy, I just love, I was like, let's just, let's just, let's just do the Michael Bishop thing. Cause I don't know if you've ever seen his Ted talk, but he's just like, that guy is super smart. Um, but I do have to admit so that I have never been to a gorge. I hope I will earn your trust otherwise, but I don't, I don't know if interviewing my counts. (laughs) Yeah, no, it does. You just haven't, you might not have just, you just might not have had the opportunity yet. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fully involved. I'm still developing. (laughs) I think. Well, intention is everything. So long as the intention is there to one day attend the show, then you're, you're, you're halfway there. So My son's first show when he was when he was eight was was Cro-Mags and Sheer Terror. That's got to I got to get something for that. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Talk about the talk about the yin and the yang of of, of uh, aimless negativity and and PMA and 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 street smarts, right? <laughs> no, it's I mean, but you know, it's like and it's it's going back to this, and it's just this, you know, because I'm, I'm I'm thinking a little bit. Um, I think if I'm remembering correctly, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, because I remember interviewing uh, Jesse of Killswitch, that you guys did this thing on, on, for World Suicide Prevention Day where it's okay to not be okay. That was like the message, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm thinking to what we're talking about here, and it's like, that's, that's the core of the problem. It starts with that, and, and I don't think people realize how something as, as small as not allowing someone else to have and express their feelings can eventually lead to mental health problems. But it's that, it's that little pivot. Like, so here, so here you are, you're someone, you're, you're in a situation, whatever situation you're in and you're, you've got these feelings and it's like, look, so what can I do with them? Like they could eat me up inside. I can, I can go do bad things like you're talking about, or I can express them some way. Right. And so it's like, okay, like somehow that's, that's, that's sort of good if it's being expressed creatively and that pivot of like, no, it's not. No, it's not okay, right? And it's not just you. It's, it's, it's people watching how other people treat someone like they used to treat Dee Snyder or they treated Marilyn Manson. Or, you know, again, like, you know, someone say to me, oh, your, your, your name is Napalm Death. You must be horrible. It's like, okay, so you're talking about like one of the, one of the you know, with, with Mark, you're talking about like one of the most like humanitarian minded guys out there. But like everybody's watching. Everybody's watching people saying, you're not allowed to do that. And how many people out there, how many kids out there were thinking like, oh, I thought this was okay. It was helping me, but now I'm being told it's bad. That little pivot right there that's saying it's not, you know, saying it's not okay to not be okay is the beginning of, of bad stuff. And, and, and people don't recognize how, how damaging it is. You know, not like one step away, maybe it's 12 steps away, but it's the beginning from my perspective of really damaging people. I agree. And I think that, that that's a really hard conversation to have, especially with anybody with, with some sort of moral footing that they, that they'll do anything not to lose. Um, and, and, and that could just be a standing with their, that can just be a standing on social media or at their church or at their, um, school or their job or whatever. And, and I try to ask people to, 
to not be so stuck in their ways and so stringent when it comes to these like morality calls because and I saw it even just with some of my personal friends talking about this stupid uh, Cardi B song. It's like, look, call it what you want. But when you start going down this route of like, this is the start of the next Sodom and Gomorrah. And just, it's like, get off your moral high horse. Um, the, the, you're, what you're doing is what D. Snyder and, and Luke and the two live crew and everybody, they, they, they went and testified in support of, and you don't have to like it. You don't, but you, but you can't act like you're so much better than it. And that it's going to like infect the mind of all these young girls. If you were really so concerned about it, you would talk to the people that you can change, or you would just look inward because that change like starts with yourself, right? It's, it's a change that you can be. If you really, that, motivated to say to this woman you know you're selling your body you're 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 demoralizing society and i've been there i've been that person i've thought it through i've i thought yeah this is not a song i want my nieces and my daughters to enjoy but I, if i'm going to take that stance i really need to come up with the 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 my statement behind that stance with my, my thesis, right? You can't just blurt this out and then go and, and be listening to cannibal corpse. It's the same thing. If you really boil it down, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's art for commerce. That's one through line. One being more commercially acceptable, even with the same type of blowback, but it's also, an expression and yeah you could say okay well one is is um it could could be viewed as almost illegal right like if anybody was to enact cannibal corpse lyrics it would be illegal whereas with her i mean she's she at the time the song came out i'm pretty sure she was a married woman so where is the immorality where like is this what two consenting adults do um then then more power to it but at the end of the day it's like you have the power to turn it off and 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 not promote it but i think what people don't realize is that taking this hard stance is almost a better form of promotion so by me saying hey don't go and speak out against this stuff i would almost be like shooting them in their promotional foot right because the more press they get the more negative media attention they get the more people who are, who are of the mind of like, oh, no, this is a fun song. Yeah, why can't I embrace my body? Why can't I embrace the natural function of the female re- reproductive system? And Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's for me, you know, obviously, like you and I both have daughters. And so I, I now, you know, when I was growing up and people would say, you know, Madonna was this or causing these problems or Cindy Lauper because, you know, she bop, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, now, now that I, I, I have kids and a daughter, I'm like, all right, I, I, I get the, the fear. But it, it comes back to this thing that you were talking about, about the positivity. When I look at something that happens with, let's say, a female artist, the thing that I always think about is this. It's like, if this is an authentic expression of, of this person's, their self and their emotions and their history and the art that they want to create, 
then again, like you said, as long as it's not, there's nothing illegal like happening or there's nothing like whatever, you know, that's, that's directly causing people harm. I say, then, then that's what art is supposed to be. I think that if, 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 young women are being made to feel that in order to succeed by whether it's by record companies or media or fans or whatever it is that they need to, to be more sexualized, then that's, then that's a problem, you know? So that, that to me is the conversation in the same way that the conversation, you know, with, with what you guys are talking about is that if you're being more positive because you want to be more positive, or you you're being negative because you want to be more negative, then that's that's beautiful. That's art. But if someone, if if you're being forced in some ways to do something that goes against who you are, you know, obviously I realize we live in a real world and there's there's push and pull sometimes, like you said, art, art is commerce, but that to me would, would is then the problem. So when I listen to a Cardi B song, that's just what I'm thinking. If that's her, if that's her natural expression, that's who she is, then then more power to her. You know, that, that's the only other part that I have in my mind is like, you know, just in general, like our, I don't, I, cause I don't know, I'm not in those rooms. I'm not in the rooms with like record companies or with marketing or whatever that's saying, oh, you know, you're more like you, you should do this more and there's pressure. I don't know if that's the case. Um, but that to me is the, is the main question. It's the same thing that I would ask about you guys, you know? Well, I, I, w- I would say for her, just knowing what goes into a lot of those songs, especially in the hip hop world, I would say for her without the pandemic, it would have been a, a, a strip club anthem. And that's the commerce that I was sort of referring to. There was like, it would have totally made sense if strip clubs were open and we weren't a pandemic and maybe it wouldn't have gotten all the sort of media attention because everybody was sort of bored and wanting to jump on their moral high horse. But in a way, in a weird way, if you really break it down, the, the, the impossible body standards and the image that was accepted in the late eighties and the early nineties. And when, when censorship was getting discussed, especially around the parental advisory and stuff in a weird way, this song and video is actually a victory because they would have some fucking gatekeeper back then would have shut this down with the quickness, but because it proved to be marketable and because the bad press proved to be good press, I'm sure a lot of people got jobs and bonuses and, 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 and yeah, is it, would I have liked to see a different style of artist get that type of mainstream attention with a, with a song that I felt was a little uh, more uplifting? Sure. But I don't make those decisions, right? It's, I can only control the groups that are work with me or the groups that I'm in and and that sort of little universe, but I, it wasn't so offensive to me where I was like, this shouldn't be on mainstream airwaves. I just don't want to be held to that fire when I'm coming to, um, whatever the next marketing meeting. And I'm like, Hey, I want to get it. Like I, I actually did have a conversation about getting a billboard cause I saw a billboard for her and it might've been a co-branded billboard, but they told me no, like they wouldn't even sell me the advertising, but they'll sell her the advertising. And that's something that people were viewed as like this demoralized, this depraved, you know, artist pushing this horrible message. But the, but you'll, you'll advertise it. You'll take her money, but you won't take mine. It's, it's, it's hypocrisy, especially when the reason for me is just because of one of the words in the band's name and, and, and not the content of the track. And so 
that's a whole other podcast or a whole other interview that would, that we can do. But I just, again, it's that slippery slope, right? If, if someone, uh, if someone went up and, and, and shot up a school to this song, they would try to put that song to blame for it. Right. They wouldn't, they wouldn't then go invest this time and money to looking into mental health and looking into what drove this person to do that. They would, they would look for the quick blame, the quick fix. Yeah, and it's a, it's that pivot again that like why aren't people even even seeing the thing with Cardi B or you guys or anything it's like why am I not seeing more like hey like that was a different video that was a different song than what I'm used to talk to me about it you know like talk to it's like it and this this idea of the the you know a lot of people who I'll who I'll speak with you know directly or indirectly talk about the idea of representation you know how important it is for a lot of different people to have a lot of different perspectives out there so that you feel like you, you could be seen or heard. You know, there's going to be some people who really connect with Cardi B. There's going to be some people who really connect with you guys. There's going to be some people like, like myself who connect with both, you know, where, where, but it, it, it's the point is, is that once we start down that path of the censorship and, and the judgment and the morality, it changes the whole tenor of it and it, and it gets, and, and what happens is it interferes with the most important part of, of art. And I know this is an area that you're interested in. I'm interested in, which is that it interferes with the validation that people need to have good mental health, you know, like, and, and I think that like, if there's, there's, so, you know, the evidence now is overwhelming from my perspective that, that metal and heavy music is actually healthy for people, especially the people who, who like it. You know, my daughter, as an example, like I knew we were, we're, we're in Jersey. So we were listening, we're right down the road from WSOU. And I remember the first time I put that on and my daughter, I don't know how old she was. She just like, you know, I, I, I was, it was blasting some song and, and she just leans back. She's like, ah, oh, this is so relaxing. And I'd be like, I was like, okay, <laughs> You're, you are my daughter. Like it's, you know, for my, but for my wife, it's, it's the club music. It's the exact same thing though. Like when she hears that, like, boom. Boom. You know, it's like, like, that's not, that's not for me. I don't get lost in that, but I'll get lost in like, in a, in a heavy song, but it's the same effect. And if someone's telling me like, I'm not allowed to do that, like, oh, what you're doing there is like, you know, that's encouraging violence or it's encouraging anger. I was like, why don't you just ask me what it's doing? Because I feel great when I hear a Joy Division song. I feel great when I hear a Hate Breed song or I hear a Napalm Death song. I feel relaxed. I don't know why. I can't explain that. You know, but yeah. if you asked me, you'd probably learn a lot more rather than telling me what I should, I feel. And it's not any different than all the other people who've told me what to do. And, and just FYI, none of it ever helped my mental health, you know? And it's, yeah. it's just, I, I don't know why we have to keep learning this lesson over and over and over again. Uh, you know, I'm just, but I'm psyched that people like you are stepping up and at least addressing it because man, like how many, how many kids need to get hurt by this? I know. And I, I think, I think whenever a song challenges someone's morality or someone's thinking, they, they get defensive because of an issue that they have. And I think the more that we see that and sort of learn that, the less we can uh, react in, in a way that just pushes them further down that thinking. And, and, and act in a more 
in a more understanding way where then when you talk it through, you realize that people are just trying to get through the day. It's, it's not an easy time. It's not an easy time. And, and no matter what the song's about, if the song's about being sexually promiscuous or if the song's about uh, lifting yourself up or if the song's about a girl that someone lost or a, a relationship that fell to shit, it's like get what you need to get from the song and, and don't try to impede someone else's experience. Because again, you're just you're just missing the point. And the 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 overall, I guess, situation in society right now where people are 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 really beaten down and and a lot of it is because people are are too overanalytic and too involved in other people's business. And so the more you can kind of look inward, get away from the news, get away from the social media sites, the more you can, I think, have a more balanced perspective on these things. And, and, and look, there's a place and a time for critiquing of all art forms. And that in itself is commerce. And for the right people, the ones who are objective and the ones who are articulate, they have their own fans. And then people are critiquing their critiquing of art. And it's this whole uh, cyclical power where where this one person's expression is driving all this other commerce and all this other discussion. And so um, I saw it personally, you know, when, when, when I've been critical of another group or critical of a festival lineup or whatever, you know, gotten write-ups in various magazines and, and I've seen it work in my favor where all of a sudden I'll get more streams. I'll get more YouTube views. I'll get more um, web sales of my CDs and of my merch but I want to raise the vibration. I, I don't want, I, I think that's an energy that you, if you're not willing to deal with it, then you, 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 you do need to sort of edit your output and edit what you're doing and adding to the conversation. Because if I'm on my podcast and I'm railing against something that I feel is depraved or I feel is fucked up, for instance, the, 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 the greed within the music industry and the, and the lack of a fair compensation for musicians. Right. I think of it as like something that's worth my time and my effort. But if somebody from a label or a, or a endorsement company says, Hey man, we're hurting too. We're got to keep the bills on. Okay. Then let's have that conversation and, and let's have that discussion so that what I'm putting out, the information that I'm giving out is not only accurate, but also, not coming from this place of like, I feel gypped, I feel cheated. Like, let's, let's talk about it. But then when you want to get into numbers, okay, why is this group getting, why is the label getting eight out of 10 points if the, or 80%, right? When the, and the band's getting two. And so, but this, then you open up this deeper, wider conversation. And I even, going back to Cardi B, I saw her putting out, Okay, why am I in this 360 deal? Why am I in this tax bracket? Why am I paying all this stuff? So that discussion, a lot of times they don't want to have in public, but that discussion definitely relates to the mental health of not just the creatives and the musicians, but of the everyday worker who is, whether you're flipping burgers or delivering packages, there's this feeling of I'm doing all the work and somebody else is getting paid. And that was something I thought about going into this record. Like I still feel like the working class band. I still feel like the, the, 
you know, the band of the people, but to a certain extent we have to, if I'm going to go down that road, I can't have my facts incorrect. I have to, I have to have proof. And I've, there's been these like little victories that when we've talked about this stuff, not because of pointing fingers and, 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 and placing blame, but because of opening the, the dialogue up and going, like I had one label that I worked with. I said, Hey, can we get a different artist price? And they lowered our artist price. And it was literally just a, a conversation that had to be had over email. It wasn't a whole episode of dedicated to these greedy fucks and, you know, this negativity that I could have put out and, and justifiably. So it was a, literally a matter of opening the dialogue and then creating that change through the dialogue instead of placing all this blame. And now I can say, wow, this label has some ethical people. This label has some people there that they, you know, they're willing to give us a couple extra bucks while we're not touring through lowering the artist price on the units that then we will sign and sell through the web store. And something as simple as that was, was it came into reality. Now, I don't know if this can happen for every band. I, I don't even know if I want to be saying this publicly, because then if every band goes and runs to do that, is the label going to lose all this money and then blame me? Right. But it's, it, it is a bigger conversation to be had while people are out of work. A, the first and foremost, I want songs that are going to be uplifting and make, take people out of their, their situation if they are out of work. But B, I want to be able to, I don't want these, I don't want the inflation to then affect the person who actually wants to buy the physical unit and support us. I don't want to up the price because we have to, because of the shitty economic situation we're in. I actually would hope that we would get to a point, I think we would sell more physical units and sell more concert tickets if there was less fees and less greed and less um, waste. But when you open that door, you, you piss off a lot of people. But it's got to be open at some point. And if we can be even the tiniest bit of a compass to do that where some power and some extra profits go back to the creatives through the podcast, through this new record, through all the interviews that I'm doing, then great. If not, hopefully it's not a bunch of hot air, but I definitely want to do more work and less talk. Yeah, and it's interesting because I bring it back to the whole concept of the weight of the false self. And it, as you're talking, it's reminding me of that scene in The Color of Money where Paul Newman's just like, you know, talking about Tom Cruise, it's just like, I want his best game. You know, it's like, you know, what is, what? it's like, I don't want your false self. I want to know who you actually are. And I want to, you know, cause like when you're talking about talking to the labels or taking on all these issues, you're coming at it from the perspective of like, I want to learn. I want to question. I want to have a conversation. I, I'm not, you know, and, and, and that to some degree is more important than where it ends up, you know, and that's, and then for me, like, that's one of the things that, that is part of any relationship that I'm into or any conversation that I want to be a part of. I don't care if you agree with me or you don't agree with me. I want to have two people or however many people come to the table being like, oh, here's what I think. Like, but I'm open to that not being necessarily right. What do you think? Oh, you're telling me what you think. If you're open to, to learning together, it's like, I don't care where we end up. I just know that we're going to end up in a better place. And I feel like, you know, again, getting back to that false self thing, it's like when we, when we try to, like from the get-go, it's almost like an athlete trying to intimidate another athlete. It's like, all right, well, I, I, I bullied you into thinking that, you know, Cardi B is, 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 not, is not good for the public, or I bullied you into thinking that hate breed uh, is too negative. 
And now maybe, maybe you have to agree with me because uh, I, I scared you. I don't, I don't, that doesn't get me anything. What I want to do is if I have, I mean, I, I don't agree with either of those perspectives, but if I have something I disagree with someone about, I want you to be like, hey, I'm coming in with an open mind. I hope you're coming in with an open mind. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. And that to me is what, again, like when I think of what you're talking about with the way of the false self, that's what I'm coming away with is that this is another thing on your guys' end where you're like, yeah, let's keep that conversation going, that open-mindedness going. Not the like, oh, like, you know, you got to do what, you know, you got to do what Jamie does. You got to do like the way the hate breed does. Because that yeah, doesn't sound like that would be you. No, yeah, I was bummed. I, I was bummed for like the first 10 minutes of the song coming out where someone had tweeted at me like that I was being too preachy or something. And then I, was, then I thought, wait a second. I... I First of all, I don't know you. <laughs> so what you think about the lyrics or the song or the album titles, none of my business, really. Second of all, I'm proud of what I'm trying to say. And third of all, maybe, just maybe, if you're saying that to me, maybe you do need to hear this. Maybe, maybe you are not up to carry that weight. And that's the question that's being posed. It's, 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 there's two sides of it. There, there is that question and there is the statement that this weight of the false self is a fact for a lot of people. And some people are up to carry it. And some people are up to put on that mask and wear it for their whole life. And then they regret it. And I, like, I'm reading Rob Halford's book right now. And it's, it's very telling on a lot of um, just on a lot of different aspects of life. And I, I thought, wow, he carried that. He carried the false self for a long time until he chose to come out on MTV and, a lot of people were really affected in a positive way by that. And then other people who were homophobes and who were assholes, you know, denounced him and, and people who thought they were more morally superior, you know, saying that this goes against nature and goes against God. And it's like, who the fuck are you? Who are you? Like, look at your own house, look at your own bed, make your own bed before you go and judge this guy. And, um, and I think it's a good time for his book to come out because there are a lot of people out there that can't just live their life and, and be free. And look, I'm not saying go and live your life and be a burden on others. I'm not saying, you know, lift this weight or, or confront these things so that then you go and be a burden or you go and do harm. I'm saying if you are currently do har doing harm, lift that weight so that you don't have to do that. So you don't have to go down these destructive paths. But one man's destructive path is another man's uh, uh, heaven, right? And it's like, you, you, you think, wow, that's, that's crazy that people can be so opposed. Can, people can be so different. But that's the, that's the way of the world right now. And, and I wish there was more gray area. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. But in this case, uh, especially with me just being on the verge of releasing this record, at the end of the day, I, if, if I'm contributing anything to the conversation like Rob did um, with, with, a, uh, with a group of people, I mean, think about that. Metalheads, especially, we're always being called homophobes. We're always – and I'm like, really? It's, yeah. a bunch of, it's a bunch of sweaty guys bumping into each other, diving on each other. You know, and a lot of these guys train jujitsu and got balls in their face. Really? You think they're – this, but it, but that's so easy. It's so like, let's do what's, what's hard is to have a conversation. It's easy to throw out these terms and these isms and these obics 
that's easy to do, to do the actual research and to do the actual footwork and legwork and talk to these people and and get an an knowledge and understanding. And even that, you know, I was talking about that and someone called that, someone called me growing up in, in, in a diverse area, you know, having friends, having close friends that were black, close family friends that were Hasidic Jews. And that was something we talked about back in the day was like, was like people needing to experience other people's cultures and being open-minded and, and less of the isms and more inclusion. But even that now will be billed as that's a privilege. Oh, you have the privilege of that. You had, and, and, and you will see that I think in the coming years, you will see that even trying to maintain any sort of positive outlook, people will say is coming from a place of privilege. And I, I hope that I can be sort of a balance and sort of the antithesis of that. Like, let's not, that's taking it too far. And the fanatics of all these things take it too far, right? Just like someone would think that um, Rob Halford is, you know, they'll, they'll go to a, a really dark place when they judge someone who isn't the same sexual preference, but they don't ever say, oh, well, he could just be a law-abiding citizen in a monogamous relationship with another man. No, they have to take it to the extreme. They have to take it to the fanaticism. And that's, that's, where, um, that's, where we, that's where we go wrong. And it's, and it's interesting, like you said, it's like, you know, people, they criticize the metal, the hardcore community. It's like, it's like you know, who, you know who Rob Halford was after he came out? He was Rob Halford. And Judas Priest was Judas Priest. And when Mina Caputo came out as transgender, life of agony was life of agony, you know? And it's just like, you know, I mean, look, I'm sure that there's people who are fans who have their opinions on things and, you know, they may, they may have religious beliefs and whatever and, and more, you know, that people are allowed to have their opinion. But at the end of the day, you know, I, for me, and maybe I wasn't there for all these different things that happened, but I was under the impression that people came out and it was like, okay, now let's get back to what we were doing. And, and, and that kind of, you know, and again, like that kind of open-mindedness when people are then saying, oh, like, look what you're doing in the pit. It's like, I don't know. What am I doing? You know, I'm doing, I'm doing the same thing where if you're in the pit, you're a brother, you're a sister at that point. I want to make sure you're okay because we all know what we're doing here, you know? And, and by the way, I say, we all know, like whenever I'm at a show, I sit on the side. So I don't want to make it out. Like I'm like, you know, diving into the pit. That's how I like, you know, (laughs) I I take in shows. I take in shows in a very like calm way for some reason. I don't know why, but you're in mosh pit retirement. I I never, I never had a career. I always, this is totally separate thing. Like for some reason, when I'm at shows, the more intense they are, the more I want to stand still and just like have it like run over me like a river. I, yeah. I, I don't really, I don't really understand why that is exactly. Cause when I'm home alone, I like jumping around, but when I'm around people, I get more and more still for whatever reason, but that's not what we're here to talk about. The, but the, the, again, this idea of, you know, why would you want Rob Halford to not be his true self? Why would you want Mina Caputo to not be her true self? Like, it's, it's like, it, it, you know, like, like, what is that in people? You don't have to, you don't have to be gay. So Rob Halford's gay. You don't have to be gay. You're not going to turn. You're not going to turn gay because uh, Rob Halford is gay. You know, and this idea of like, what are you? It's like, what are you so afraid is going to happen when you hear someone who's different? And what is that instinct? And it goes right back to that thing. What are you so afraid of that somebody likes music that's different from you? That to me is like the key. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overstating it, but that to me is the key to everything. You know. Again, well, it's yeah. that. It, you know. 
it, it, I'm sure, look, at that time, I'm sure if there was this uptick in younger kids saying that they were gay, there would have been a bunch of people looking to burn somebody at the stake. But because largely this is a band that draws males in the 20 to, you know, 45 age bracket that, you know, and we've all, and in touring bands, we've all known closeted musicians. We've all known closeted fans who, you know, we knew about the chat rooms. We knew about all these things and, and we were always fine with it. And we're always welcoming of anybody to, to live their truth. Right. But that's that, that even that term now has been co-opted into being like this, this term of like the fake woke. And you got to understand that these, these doors that, like you said perfectly with, with Mina, with Rob, these doors that are being kicked down to one person, this is like their vindication. It's like they're, they have synergy there. They have, they have commonality there with these people. And they, and they feel that weight being lifted because of, them being accepted in society for who they want and need to be and choose to be. But at the same time, there are others who will say, no, this is not right. And, and, and those are the people that we need to go and have the conversations with and say, all right, well, bring us evidence. Okay. You, you, you said that, um, Judas Priest and Ozzy Osbourne, all these people were, 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 all these bands were causing kids to commit suicide. Well, this was something that went to court, right? They didn't find the artists liable. They didn't, they didn't rule against the artists. So if you're going to hold them to that fire, right, we'll then also talk about the, the positive that they've done as well. It can't just be one thing. You can't just say, oh, they've come out and now all these people are going to come out who weren't really actually gay no they they would have done that if they had the chance and they didn't because that's not the case just like the these suicides and all these other things they would have they would have kept going right this record people are still finding that record and listening to it and they're not being told pull the trigger or whatever the they thought the the message was yeah and then by the way like just just you know it's like if that if that model works it's like all these people who are surrounded by straight people it didn't turn them straight you know what I mean? And, and we, you know, so it's like that logic of like, oh, like Rob Halford is going to like, you know, influence, I, you know, I, I wouldn't care if it did anyway, but like if uh, that, that concept, it's like you said, that there's no proof of that. And by the way, there's no proof of anything in terms of causing mental illness. There's no, there's no way of showing, you can't do the proper experimental study to show that an individual like does something because they listen to a certain kind of music, you know, you'd have to do like a whole experimental design on that individual, which obviously would, would be immoral and illegal, you know, to try to induce them to have suicidal thoughts based on listening to a certain song. So even the fundamental premise of that should have been thrown out right away. Like anybody looking at this, there's no possible scientific way you could, you could show that. So why are we even having this conversation? Well, I think it's because there's been marketing tactics and psychological tactics used within marketing and advertising and and free products and things like that. And so then they want to apply that to free will and they want to apply that to 
and yeah, sure. There's like the, 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 you, you could go deep into all like the CIA testing and the, and, and, and the conditioning of like the military and training and all that stuff. But this to, to apply that type of thing to the repetition of like listening to one song, which I think was part of the argument with, with that certain case where they were playing the record backwards and getting these subliminal messages. I think there's more subliminal messages like in alcohol and tobacco advertising and now vape advertising than there is in any song. And, and have you ever had an artist come out and say, Hey, we had this messaging in the song to actually have, um, people do this action aside from like whatever saying jump or saying, uh, right. So, but I have to look inward, right. I have to be, I have to be brought new evidence and, and be able and be, and not be so stuck in my ways. Right. And so when someone comes to me and says, I lost a hundred pounds with you in my ear, I always say, that's you, bro. That's you girl. Like you, you did it. You made the choice to get on the headphones. Yeah. But you helped me through. Okay. So that's something different. That's not, I can't claim credit. It may be my ego wants to claim credit, but that's you. You made the choice. I just met, I just might've been the, I just might've been the soundtrack. Now that's what I hope for. That's why I changed the lyrics going into perseverance and tried to make them more uplifting and try to pose a question and try to dedicate songs to people. And because I want to be a part of it. I want to have a connection. I don't want to be the cause. I want to be the compass. I don't want to be the, um, sure. There might be some correlation and that's flattering, but then when someone comes to me and says, I fucking beat up some kid while you guys were playing. All right, well then, okay, now I have to deal with that. I have to look inward and say, well, you missed the message. You weren't supposed to do that. You were supposed to come to the show and enjoy yourself. Yeah, well, he was doing this and then, okay, well, now you're playing the blame game. Did I, did my, was I there? Was my music the soundtrack? Was I on stage while you were having this violent disagreement? It's, and it's amazing because it's, you know, one of the reasons, I mean, look, I do the interviews mostly because I enjoy the conversations and I like coming up with something that I think can help people. But it also just feels like such a missed opportunity for that very story that you're saying. It's like, you know, like you got all these people now who are saying like, oh, I like Rage Against the Machine, uh, but I didn't realize that, you know, I didn't realize their politics, which is, you know, striking considering if you've been yeah. listening to Rage for that long. But it's like, you know, it's like, how, how is someone a fan of hate breed without knowing you? And I don't mean knowing you like, like personally, but, but the, the whole concept of, I think we're missing so much of what we, we could get from society by just taking the people, the, the person's art and not then taking a look at, oh, like, how does this person live their life? Is Jamie running around beating the crap out of people? You know, is he running around causing violence? You know, so why am I putting on an album and then being like, oh, hey, man, I, your, your, your track was a, you know, it was my beatdown track. You know, nobody, nobody wants that. You know, maybe, maybe there's somebody that wants that, but I don't think you guys want that. And so it, it feels like such a lost opportunity that, you know, it's, it's like, I mean, it's great that people are enjoying the art. And I don't, you know, again, I don't want to fall into the same category of like telling people like what they should do. But like, I, I think it, it would be great if people would open their minds, then look a little bit behind the curtain and be like, hey. You know, how does this person lead their life? And that, that was the power of D Snyder's, you know, PMRC conversation. 
Because the whole thing with, with, with that, from my perspective, was how come no one asked him ahead of time or did any research ahead of time to find out how this guy lived his life, to find out that he was sober, to find out he was a family man, to find out he was Christian and religious. You know, and that was what was so striking about this is like, are you telling me that nobody did any, any research to even look into this? Well, yeah, because again, he just, he just proved that this was this moral grandstanding and this, this sort of blame game to, I guess at that time, who knows, maybe it could have been to try to invigorate the lobbyists and the donors, right? There's always an underlying issue. And this is a, and this is a good one to, uh, to sum this all up and, and leave off on because when, when I, when this record actually gets out there and people live with it and, and, and my little small contribution is a little grain of sand in this fucking, this endless ocean of this endless desert of, uh, creative stuff that's out there, whether it's film or music or books or whatever, or, or whatever paintings, um, to, to, to be a part of something and have a connection with someone is it's a blessing, whether it becomes hugely successful and, and you get it to that point where you're at cruising altitude or, or you're even, you get high enough up the mountain where you can throw the rope down or throw the ladder down to someone else. Um, in, in our case, D was that guy, right? Like he, he did that. And again, it goes back to the bad, publicity being good publicity where every band that ended up getting one of those stickers ended up selling like double or triple the amount of records because the um you know because the fans wanted the 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 version with the parental advisory and it did shine that light on on the the lack of research and just the overall sort of let's let's blame these people or let's judge these people without even knowing and that's the definition of prejudice right like is is saying this group or this artist is promoting something or, or this, this is their entire character. And it's like, no, you can't sum up someone's entire character. You can't sum up their life by, by commenting on a record cover or the content of one song or one album. You have to look deeper. You have to choose um, for yourself and think for yourself. And then, and that's the beautiful part about it is like, yeah, you can choose, you can make a choice. Just like the guy who says to me, your, your song was in my ear and, and really helped me lose this weight or help me, you know, have the courage to go to this job interview or help me leave this abusive uh, relationship. Well, great. But you made the choice. You, you, you chose to not carry that weight any longer. And, um, and that's, if, if I could be the compass or spark that thought, great. If not, that's okay too. I, I, I want the person to, to headbang along or come to the show and rock out and maybe, Maybe they don't care about the lyrics. Maybe they don't care about the, the, the message. But if they have a good time and it gives them any sort of positive charge without them then becoming a burden on someone else, then I feel like we've contributed something. And, and same goes for the podcast. If anybody wants to check out my podcast, I do delve into stuff and, and, and unpack ideas and think about things from both sides. And sometimes people don't like that. And that can cause someone to say, I'm not buying a concert ticket or I'm not buying your album. And that's the risk that we got to take. I actually think that more artists should do that because then you don't end up in a situation like Rage Against the Machine where then you have all these people saying, what the fuck? I didn't know I was duped. Were you duped or did you not make the choice to learn about what you were consuming? And that's what all this stuff is. It's consumption. 
it's of, of media, of music, of art, of food, of whatever. And I say, you got to armor yourself. You know, you got to armor your mind. You got to armor your gut. You, if, and, and, and at the end of the day, you have the choice. And so if someone says, oh, well, Eddie Van Halen chose to smoke. You know, we talked about Eddie earlier. Great. Yeah, he did. But you're, you're not going to characterize him based off that. And you're not going to minimize his legacy or his impact or, or his, his overall influence on society and, and the countless amount of good times people had um, during and, and, and while listening to his music by that. And people need to smart, be smart enough to see that and be smart enough to make their own decision when, when looking at things in the rear view like this. And I, I hope people get that from us. But again, I, if, if someone says I'm being too preachy or if someone says I'm, I'm, um, I'm, uh, you know, pushing a message that's too positive for them, well, then they don't need it right now. It's not the time. And maybe later on they'll come back to it. Who knows? I've done that with countless bands, but but uh, I appreciate the time and I appreciate the platform to 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 get out here and, and promote the record that I'm proud of. And I urge everyone to discuss it and hit me up youtube.com slash the Josta Show at Jamie Josta on all the social media except Facebook. It's Josta HQ. And let me know when this is out, and I'll blast it out for everybody to to check it out and give a listen. Absolutely, man. Listen, great talking with you. Uh, really inspiring stuff. And uh, it's been great to see your success over this long period of time. And I'm just wishing you the best and uh, hope we get another chance to talk at some point. Thank you so much. And shout out to Jersey. So there you have it. Jamie Jossa talking about Hatebreed's new album, Weight of the False Self. One of the things I really appreciated about the conversation with Jamie was his discussion of how we experience and express negative emotions and how we can sometimes be judged for that expression. I think that one of the most unfortunate paths to a false self is when we feel that we have to swallow and suppress our negative feelings. Right there, that can be a pivotal moment for people that leads them away from being authentic. Being positive is fine if that's how we actually feel, and it's an authentic expression of our state of mind. But when we feel anger, sadness, loneliness, and emptiness, and feel forced by ourselves or others to hide those emotions, it can be harmful emotionally and physically. The stress of suppressing how we really feel can make our negative emotions even more powerful because our bodies and our minds need an outlet. And if we don't come up with more constructive and assertive forms of expression, our bodies and minds will rebel and amp up the emotional volume to 11 until we pay attention and express ourselves in some way. One thing we can all do to prevent this type of suppression is to pick at least one outlet for negative feelings. Maybe we have a friend we can talk with or a mental health professional. Or maybe we write in a journal or engage in some form of creativity, whether it's listening to music, reading books, looking at art, or expressing ourselves through our own creative ventures. Whatever it is, make sure you have somewhere to put those feelings that makes you feel heard and understood so that you don't have to go down the path of the false self. I want to thank my wife and Hardcore Humanism co-founder Island Booman for producing this podcast and my brothers in Odd Zero for letting us use Odd Zero music. If you like what you hear in the podcast, subscribe on your favorite app, give us a rating, and write a review. 
And if you'd like to take the next step and make changes in your life, check out the Hardcore Humanism Therapy and Coaching Program at HardcoreHumanism.com. So get at it, Hardcore Humans. See you next time.